This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in, we're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. excited to be here with Evangelist Betsy Pelletieri. Today is Monday, November 13th, 2023. Betsy, you want to open us in prayer, and then the mic is yours. Okay. Well, Lord, we just thank you for the gathering together of the people who are going to be hearing the goodness of God toward us. And we just praise you that we we have good news, that you're you're a God of good news. So we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Take it away, my friend. Okay. Well, uh, the subtitle that I gave to this is called Walking in What is Possible. And, um, you know, the simplicity of God's Word. In order to walk in what's possible, uh, you know, in any realm, we need to know what is possible. And I thought of of an example like um, a marathon runner. Now, um, I have a cousin, his name is Russell, and he does 26-mile marathons. And I believe that his last marathon that he did, well, was, I think, two, two hours and 53 minutes. And so somewhere along the line, he sees what is possible by somebody who did something close to that. So somebody else might see, oh, Russell did it in 2.53. Um, it is possible. It's possible for me to do it in 2.54 or whatever, you know. And God's promises are so amazing. So if, take that person, for instance, who wants to beat Russell's record of 2.53. God's promise in his word, one of his promises, his word, his word is filled with promises, amazing promises. And one of his promises is that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. So that, that's an amazing promise which could be applied to so many areas of our life. But to apply that, that promise to what God has said in his promises, because his promises are exceedingly great and precious. And 
so we know what's possible. If God, we have to have a record. We have to know what's possible in order to live into possibility. And um, uh, possibility is a, a, a thing that may be chosen or done out of several alternatives of things that are possible. And in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God, and this is such common sense stuff that he's telling us, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So by faith, we walk into the possibilities which God has declared for us in his word of promise, because his whole word is, is a word of promise. And we know that we could believe his promises for the simple reason that God is not a liar. <laughs> Whatever he says is truth, because he's truth. So um, we live into those possibilities as though they are real because they are real. And in Mark 9, verse 23, it says, all things are possible to him that believes. And believe what? What he says. And God tells us, he very plainly tells us what is not possible. I found out something in the Bible that is not possible. And I'm going to read it to you. It says in Hebrews 10, verse 4, it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. And that's what um, the children of Israel, they, they, every single year, they had to make an offering of a perfect lamb or a goat in order to be atoned for their sin. But it only lasted for a year. They had to do it year after year. So Hebrews says it's not possible that the blood of goats should, and lambs should take away sins. And then the word says the eternal voice of Christ cried out. It's written in, in the word um, that sacrifice and offering you did not take pleasure in. And then Jesus is saying, Lord, Father, God, you have prepared me to be that sacrifice, to be that perfect lamb. Um, he was saying that basically that, that his father prepared his body, Jesus' body, to be the sacrifice for the sin of the world once. One sacrifice and for all, for all people, not just for Jews, but for Gentiles, all people, for whosoever would choose to accept the free gift of salvation. And so he came to do his father's will. And it's the, the Bible says he takes away the first, which is the old Testament that he may establish the second. And by the will, the will that Jesus had to please his father, we, those who believe we're sanctified. That's what he says. We're sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. He says, for by one offering, he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. And God has put his laws, um, with the Old Testament, his laws were on tables of stone. But he says, he, he put his laws into our hearts and in our minds. 
will he write his laws and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. That's what he said. That, that was his promise, that our sins and our iniqui- and, and, and iniquities he will remember no more. Now, notice, he didn't say that he would forget them because remembering no more is way more powerful than forgetting. If somebody forgets something, there's always that possibility that they could remember it. But he says he will remember them no more. And we're encouraged to continue to walk our walk, which we are living in these earthen vessels. We are body, soul, and spirit, but we happen to be walking around in these earthen vessels, which we call our bodies of flesh. And we're encouraged to walk with confidence in the finished work of Christ, which has, and it has for us, when we do walk in the possibilities that God has declared for us, it has, it says it has great recompense of reward. And that's what I had read before that we have to believe that God is, that he is, but not just that he is, but that we believe in him. Because you know what? A lot of people believe that God is. The word says the devils believe in God and they tremble. But to believe in him and what he has done for us is a whole nother thing. And he says, we need patience to do this. We do. We need patience to walk in the possibilities that God has set forth for us. And this is, this is what we call living by faith. And he quite honestly says, but if any man draws back, you know, like from living in the promises of God, he says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But he says, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, which is perdition is not a good thing. You know, and God sees us as walking in his promises. Um, but we are, we are of those who are that believe to the saving of our soul. And in he, the Hebrews 11, which they call the faith, the hall of faith chapter, tells us of our forefathers who lived their lives into the promises of God by faith. And you know what? Some of them even died in faith, not having received the promise. But it didn't matter because the promises are still going to be true and their very lives were the substance of things that they hoped for. And so what unseen promise are we to be living into? Because that's what hope is, is living our lives into what we don't even see. That's what living in possibility is. So the runner, the marathon runner, he doesn't see, he, he runs and in hope and, and believes in faith that he's going to beat that record, but he doesn't see it before he does it because what, why should a man hope for something that he sees? <laughs> no, hope is something that is not seen, but he has given us the possibility of living into the reality that he has taken away our sin nature by way of believing his word, which tells us that the sacrifice of our Lord on the cross, shedding his innocent blood, has made us a new creation in him. The whole purpose why Jesus came into this world was to die on the cross so that he could shed his blood, which he did, 
so that he could take away our sin nature, which we inherited from Adam. We were all, we were all, we inherited it. It was in, in our DNA. And the only thing that could actually take it away and make us, give us that pure divine nature that God wants us to have is the sacrifice, the sin sacrifice. This is the gospel of good news that we could believe it or choose not to believe it. But he has, he has made us a new, he says, new creation. I mean, we know that he created the heavens and the earth, and we believe that by what we see. I'm looking out my window. I see gorgeous mountains. And by faith, I believe that that spoken word of creation, that that's why I'm seeing the evidence of things not seen. What was not seen? Words. His word was not seen because words are not seen. Words are invisible, but words are powerful. And his word says to me, that I, if I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sin nature to wash me clean and make me a new creation, I, it's done. It's, that I believe that because I have no reason not to. He doesn't lie, and he's able to make me a new creation, to make you a new creation by simply believing that that's what he accomplished. That's what he did. And it says in 1 John 3, verse 5 says, whoever abides in him, in Jesus, does not sin. Now, we can, we do make mistakes. Don't get me wrong. We make mistakes. We fall short. But that is coming from our human nature, not from our sin nature. And if you want to know, you know, the, the works of the flesh, uh, that is our sin nature. And you could read that in the book of Galatians. I'm not going to go over everything now, but I could just tell you some of those things are adultery, fornication, murder, theft, stealing. Um, there's, a, there's things that are the works of the flesh that we who receive the new nature by believing that our sin nature is taken away, we don't, we don't, we cannot do those things. We just simply cannot. When we believe that we have a new divine nature, we can choose to meditate on this as a true possibility, which as we, we do make this pri our priority to, to, to dwell on the goodness of God. Guess what? What happens? That is called living by faith. When we simply, we, we dwell, we think about what is possible. And in Jude 24, it has another promise of possibility for us to live into by faith. And listen to this. It says, now unto him, God, that is able to keep us from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And that's what he's able to do. He's able to present us faultless. Now, there are people who say, oh, no, there's no way, you know, no way I could be called faultless. But, yes, God declares his children in his sight. We are faultless. And what does faultless mean? It means without blemish, blame, or spot. And that's how he sees us. And that's how 
we should see each other to encourage one another because that's how God sees us. And um, Ephesians 1, 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him. He chose us before the foundation of the world. Can you believe? He, we were in his mind even before he created the earth. That why was that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. This is how he sees. He, he created us as his workmanship, his masterpiece. We were created in, in his image and all, all for what? For what? You know why? For his good pleasure. And in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, it says, the word of God is letting us know once again that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, there, there may have been those who back, you know, before we believed the good news, all of us had our conversation in times past in living a sinful life because we couldn't do anything but that because we had a sinful nature. You know, it, um, you know, no condemnation on anybody, but all of us have walked in times past in a sinful manner. And, but, um, <laughs> but it's cool that Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for everything in the past that we have done for our sinful nature. And there are so-called Christians today, church-going people, who think, you know, that they have to sin, and that is not true. It's not true at all. So the Apostle Paul is being very clear and that we, that we are not deceived. And, and he tells us, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, <laughs> um, nor extortioners, um, shall they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And so, he says, such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now, these, these are sins unto death, spiritual death. And that's what, the, that's what the Word of God says. These sins are impossible for the children of God to commit, who are living, living into the truth that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost, which we have of God, and we are not our own, because we were bought with a price. So think about it. The, he calls these bodies that we're walking in the temple of the Holy Spirit. And therefore, he says, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. And he says, by faith, we live as if it's actually true that our bodies are the tent, so to speak, which houses God's Holy Spirit. And in, in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, it says, for God, who commanded the light, 
to shine out of darkness. And that remember in, in the book of Genesis, there was darkness and God said, let there be light. And out of that darkness came light. It's so phenomenal. The power of the spoken word, his creation. And it says, for God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure. What treasure? What treasure is he talking about that we have? The knowledge of Jesus Christ. We have that treasure in our earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. And um, I believe, I believed, the, the, the psalmist said, I believe, therefore have I spoken. And we have the same spirit of faith, according as, as it is written, it says in Psalm 116, verse 10, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. Uh, I, I cannot help but speak the spoken word of God and his great promises. I, 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 I can't help, help it. And that's what the psalmist said. I believe, therefore I, I have spoken. And we also believe, and therefore we speak. Um, all the while, not looking at the things which are seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And once again, when I say the things that are not seen, <laughs> those are his words. Because they are not seen. As I said so many times, these words that I'm speaking now, I can't put them in a jar and put a cover over the jar and see my words in the jar because words are invisible. And God's invisible words are very, very powerful. And the Apostle Paul got so much joy from those who heard the word of God and simply believed. And in 1 Thessalonians 2.13, he says, that he thanks God without ceasing because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually works also in you that believe. Now God wants us to have childlike faith and to think about his exceeding great and precious promises. Now, when we merely think about God and his goodness, you know what that's do you know what we're doing? When we think about God and his goodness, we are actually abiding in his love and grace, thinking about him. And living into God's possibilities is walking by faith. So Hebrews eleven tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then I'm going to give you an example of that. We all know Noah, right? Noah and his family were living in a really corrupt society. And when I say society, I mean the whole entire earth, <laughs> except for Noah and his family. God says that they were the only righteous people on the face of the earth. And God was looking around and seeing all the evil. And he, at one point he says, I even, I am so sorry that I even made man. However, in God's grace and his mercy, he told Noah to build an ark, to build this big structure. 
And he specifically gave him all the dimensions and everything and that he was going to cause a flood. And Noah, he believed God and he, he was doing this and, and, his, and the Lord told Noah that he was going to destroy the earth with a flood because of all of the people's wickedness in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of men's heart was only evil continually. Can you imagine? Man, well, that's happening today. That is happening today. And Noah was told to build this humongous structure called an ark, which would house many, many animals. And nobody knows for sure how long it took to build, but it is guesstimated somewhere between 55 and 75 years. Noah was building this ark, and he was 600 years old when the floodwaters came. Now, Noah had a firm foundation of hope that what God said he was going to do, that he would do. So the people who were around Noah seeing this actually saw the very evidence, the substance of Noah's faith. They, he had the substance of his faith by the, what he was doing. And the, the people saw him building and building and building and building and they were no doubt mocking and mocking and mocking him. But Noah was indeed manifesting the very substance of the thing he had hoped for, the very evidence of the flood not seen yet. And you know what? The, there is a place in God's word that says that the hope that we have, <laughs> it's an anchor of our soul. You know, it's just like, you know, how in the natural gravity what we call gravity, the unseen force, which is anchors ourselves to the earth. Well, spiritually speaking, the hope that we have of the possibility of what God has declared is an anchor of our soul. And while we're here on this earth, we're given the God-given gift of free will and choice to take God at his word and believe what he says is possible. Now, the simple truth, which by it, it bypasses our intellect. It's not, believing God's word has nothing to do with our intellect. And there are some people who read things in God's word and their intellect is saying, there's no way that there was a man swallowed by a big fish. You know, their intellect is, is calling God a liar. And, you know, and people, there's no way that God was able to part the Red Sea and have a whole bunch of people walk through on dry land. Their intellect is calling God a liar. So the Apostle Paul said to the believers, I fear lest by any means, just as the serpent, you know, he was talking to the believers and saying, don't be like Adam and Eve, who the serpent, that he beguiled Eve through his subtlety. You know, our adversary, the devil, is very subtle, very subtle. And the Apostle Paul is telling the believers, don't be deceived. Deceived from what? He says that your minds should be corrupted from what? From the simplicity. He uses that word simplicity, from the simplicity that is in Christ. It's so the the gospel of good news is simple. It has nothing to do with intellectualism. And the love of God 
bypasses our understanding. It bypasses what we know about love. And in Mark 9, 23, Jesus plainly says, and I quote, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. And in Luke 18, 27, Jesus also said this, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And so he says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. And it's all about, it's all about our heart. And he has made our hearts pure by, by his sacrifice. He's given us a pure heart because where he made us a new creation, he's given us of his divine nature and God's words lets us know what he's all about. Like, how do we know what each other is about? Isn't it because of the words that we speak to each other? We find out what somebody's about. You know, um, if you're having a conversation with somebody and, and, and their whole conversation is about, um, you know, I don't know, NASCAR races or something, you know, by their conversation of what they're, what they're speaking what they're really into, what they're about. That's how you know by, by their words. And it's the same thing with God. We know God by his words. And the one thing he does want us to know about him, he wants us to know and that he is the, our God who exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. And um, it says that he delights in these things. He's telling us what his whole gig is. His gig is about love and kindness and purity and joy, peace, happiness. It's all good. That's what he's about. And that's what he, that he, that's what he wants for us. And the words that come out of our mouth are so very important and God has given us the gift of using words as a means to let us know we were created in his image. So just like he uses create creative words, he has also given us that gift of using his words as a creative ability to recreate what he has created by using his words. So we also use words and his words have a creative and transformative power. And it, it says here, he who guards his mouth preserves his life. That's in Proverbs three or 17. This is how important it is. What comes out of our mouth with words. And the, the, it says the tongue of the wise promotes health. It's amazing. And that's in Proverbs 12, verse 18. And it says, a man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. And that's in Proverbs 12, 14. And we, we don't have to do sacrifices anymore, like, like blood sacrifices or any kind of, he says that our sacrifice is the fruit 
of our lips giving thanks. And that's what he wants from, from his people, just to be thankful for the finished work that he has done through his son, Jesus Christ. And he, that he wants us to believe the record. So we do believe in earthly records, such as the record, you know, of the guy who did two hours and 53 minutes, right? Um, We believe the record and God is able to make all grace abound toward us that we could just abound in every good thing that he would have us to do. So I just want to praise God for the goodness of his word and his word is for whosoever whosoever chooses to believe in the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that we are set free from our sin nature. This is the big thing that Jesus came to accomplish. He was made manifest to do this, to destroy the work of the evil one. And it's a spiritual battle. There is good and there is evil. And the only time it's going to be completely good is when the Prince of Peace comes back to rule and reign in righteousness and true holiness. And we could live into that promise because it, it, everything so far, I mean, how could we doubt? We know that he destroyed the, the earth with a flood. We know that. And that's the earth that we're living on now, the, the earth that he recreated when he created Adam and Eve to live in this earth. And there is coming a time when he's going to destroy this earth, but it's not going to be with the flood because we know he gave us that promise. Anytime you see a rainbow in the sky, that's God's promise that he's not going to destroy the earth with a flood. However, beloved, let me tell you, the earth is going to be destroyed again. Praise God. And it's going to be destroyed by fire. But those who believe in his promises, are not going to be here for that. And he's going to restore and recreate and make a whole new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness and true holiness. And it's going to be forever. And we're going to be living on this earth forever. I mean, you just keep trying to comprehend what forever means. It never, ever ends. And it's going to be glorious. And there's not going to be any There's not going to be any sickness. There's not going to be any sorrow. There's not going to be any sadness. There won't be any thorns on those beautiful rose bushes. It's going to be glorious. We don't, we can't even imagine what it's going to be like, but these are the promises that we could walk into as possibility because we know that he doesn't lie. So praise God. I really do trust and 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 hope that whosoever is listening to this if you have any doubt of god's goodness i i pray that you you could tell your mind no i'm going to believe what god says is true and just walk into his possibilities so with that i say glory to god and i love you all <laughs> Great word. Sister Betsy, what would you like to title this for the archive today? I would like to call this 
walking in God's possibilities. No, walking in what is possible. Walking in what is possible. Okay, awesome. Also, tell people how they can make contact with you and your ministry. Um, you could call me on my cell phone anytime you want, and my cell phone is 518-368-9374, or my email is, I'll spell it because my name is long, my first and last name, B-E-T-S-Y-P-E-L-L-I-T-T-E-R-I at gmail.com. Fantastic. Okay, we'll get this up in the archive quickly. I'll get you a copy today. And uh, Sister Betsy, God richly bless you. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Brother Shannon. Always a pleasure. See you again soon. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Folks, that was Betsy Pelletieri.